Blog Talk Radio. I was a hard-drinking sinner with blood on my hands. I was a hard-drinking sinner, a gun in my hands, drinking 40 pounds for dinner till I met a big man. having a great Tuesday and a great week and a great year so far. Um, we have been hit with the COVID over here. Uh, still, 
Angie uh, got COVID like, I don't know, a week and a half ago, and she's still feeling the effects right now. So it is just me, Kimmy. Other co-host is sick as well. It seems like RJ and I are the only ones who are not sick at the moment, but RJ is in daycare, so, you know, probably be sick by this weekend. But you know what? We're dealing with it. Um, wow. This is the eighth year. Eighth, yeah, eight years we've been on the air doing this uh, this podcast thing. And I'm going to reflect a little bit, if you indulge me, just, uh, just a slight little bit. I'm going to go back, get in the Wayback Machine, and uh, just talk about, you know, the show and how it got started, you know, we, uh, my friend Dennis and, uh, my friend Dennis and Dennis and Matt, they had a show called, uh, full spectrum radio. And they were doing the show two nights a week, two hours every, like, so four hours a week, two hours each night. And, uh, they, uh, they were getting kind of burned out. So they were, they put a post out, Saying it's if anybody wants this time slot, it was Monday night, and uh, I was like, all right, well, I'll take a seat and see what you, we can do with it. You know, I have some friends of mine who were going to do it with me and stuff, so like, yeah, we'll do it. You know, I didn't think it was going to last. I was like, oh, we'll give it a whirl. Thought maybe it'll go for like a few weeks, maybe a month or so. Uh, but then we started doing the show, and it, and it, we started, you know, we started uh, getting, you know, it get sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought there. We we, just, we started um, getting kind of traction, you know, we got traction, started like getting these guests, and it became a part of my life that where it was like, okay, where it was just kind of like, oh, I have to do the show. Like, I almost forgot about now. It's like, it's like constantly, okay, this is what I have to do. I have to get the show. So, you know, eight years later, here we are. You know, I've gone through it. I've had different co hosts. Uh, you know, I've had plenty of guests on the show. And it's, and I'm just so thankful to everyone who has uh, been a part of this. And I'm sorry for the, earlier the long pause but I'm just all coming from like it's not written down it's all coming like from my head so sometimes I like I said lose my train of thought but I'm all my co-hosts I appreciate everyone who's you know come on the show who's been a guest on my show on the show and uh yeah so hopefully we'll be here for another eight years or 20 years or whatever till I get tired of doing this. Um, very excited to, uh, I'm just excited in general, man. I, you know what? It's been a long week. And like I said, my, I had a little brain fart there. I'm excited because I have a special guest on tonight to help celebrate eight years for the freaking awesome show. Um, her name is uh, Casey Colburn. She is um, she's a tour guide and paranormal investigator at the Hinsdale House, 
which is an incredibly awesome location that I had the pleasure of uh, visiting a couple of few years ago. And she's a fellow podcaster. She uh, she hosts uh, Cauldron Talk with uh, Casey on the Paranormal Buzz Radio. I think that's what it was. Listen to uh, one of her shows the other night. I'll tell you what, she's good. She's really good. And I'm super from her on the show now. I see a number here, and I'm not sure if it's her. So I'm going to go ahead and ask her to press 1 if she's listening because I don't want to put somebody on the show who has who doesn't want to be in the show. I've done that before, and uh, I don't want to put the person through that again. So 716 number on my screen. Oh, there she is. I see. It was her. So I'm going to go ahead and put her on the show right now, and uh, let's get this party started. Hi. Hello. How are you? Pretty good. Congratulations on eight years. I'll tell you what. I know why I do not do long, like, soliloquies at the beginning of the show. Because I always get, like, I always, like, lose my train of thought halfway through what I'm trying to say. So, but I do appreciate it very much. Yeah, that's definitely exciting. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's, like, a lot of people have done a lot to make the show happen, and I want to make sure everyone knew that I appreciate all of them and everything they've done for the show. How are how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. I just delivered a couple of my books to a local uh, store here, a local metaphysical shop called uh, The Tree of Life. So that was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Why don't you uh, let's get this, let's uh, start off talking about your book. I want to hear all about it. How did you, uh, what made you decide to write a book? What, what's the process involved? What, what's the book about? Um, so I wrote, it's called a witchling's grimoire. It's an introductory to the metaphysical. Um, and what got me wanting to write it is actually my niece is starting out on her like little spiritual path. And I'm the guy that she relies on for all the answers, but I can't always be right there for her. Um, and so this is kind of a way for her to like take me with her wherever she goes. Um, so it was initially written for my niece, um, but it will help any that's out there that needs just a guiding hand. So what is the word grimoire? <laughs> So it is like um, like it's a collection of spells and metaphysical terms and um, just pretty much like a book of magic. I guess that's a good a good way to describe it. Wow. Mm. Sorry. This one though does go into other topics. I do have the paranormal is also in there, like how to conduct an investigation, what you're looking for, um, you know, how to kind of debunk things, and some of the terminology, too, because when I first started in the field, I had no idea what any of the things were, you know, I just, this thing beeps, this thing blinks, that's what I know, you know? <laughs> so it's yeah, it's nice yeah. to be able to give that to somebody. Well, that sounds like a handy book to have around for any, for any, um, 
a paranormal investigator because, you know, you never know when, when witchcraft or any of that stuff will come in handy during investigation too if you try to figure out, like, spiritual stuff behind an investi- behind a haunting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will also, um, like, if you're looking for things, like, for protection and stuff, it covers the different herbs and crystals and stuff that you can use to bring along with that. Um, it covers, I mean, there's even a spirit communication spell in there. Um, so there's, there's quite a lot. The spirit communication basically is going to be similar to that of, like, your seance. Um, just a little bit more in-depth. So. so it covers all, like, the safety procedures, like what, how to open a, open up, a like, a Ouija board session, how to close it. Yep. So they have, like, like protection prayers and stuff. Yeah, it covers the psychic abilities, too, and what they're actually called. Um, it's just, it's an introductory, so it doesn't go too much into detail. Um, I am yeah. currently writing a second book, which will do all that. I gotcha. Well, I mean, it sounds like, it's, like I said, it sounds like it's a good book to have around. I think I need a copy of it, to be honest with you, because I, uh, <laughs> you know, it's always, it's good to have some, something like that where you can, it's all in one location, you know, and you're not mm-hmm. just looking up stuff on Google and like, oh, well, here's a prayer for prayer protection. Just, you know, be nice to have something where it's just like, all right, open the book up. Here it is. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely, it's kind of handy. Like I have, I have a ton of books, you know, and that's where I've learned some of my stuff, but it's nice mm-hmm. to have it all in one place. Um, I don't have to dig through every uh, crystal book that I have to find where it is, you know, the crystal that I'm looking for, the meaning that I'm needing for it or anything. So it's it's kind of nice to have it just one spot for me. So what's been the feedback so far in the book? It's been really good. Um, it is a quick read um, it is, because it is, mm-hmm. it's easy to read. It's not like a dictionary or like a strict, like, educational book. Um, so it's it's much it's easy to read. Um, if you're a speed reader, um, like a couple of my friends oh, were, they were able to get through it within a weekend. Um, I am not a speed reader, so it would take me a little longer. Um, but I, I've written it in a way that it's like I'm having a conversation with you, like I'm telling you how mm-hmm. to go about these things. It's not like a, it's not clinical, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, that's, that's oh. good because those kind of books are easier to read, easier to digest than trying to read a textbook. Because I feel like you're yeah. trying when you read a textbook, you're trying to constantly remember stuff while you're reading it. And when you read, read a book like that, it's almost like naturally you'd naturally re- remember what you're reading. Mm-hmm. And then too with that, my object was to keep the readers focused. And with the younger crowd, it's it's much more accessible to just Google it. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to be able to keep them entertained, keep them reading it. So there is a little bit of, like, nerdiness in there. Um, mm. For example, like, I, for the definition of a hydra, I poke fun at Marvel's hydra, the um, organization, the evil oh. organization in there. Um, so there is a little hydra. bit of, like, fun, you know, put into it, too, um, just to help keep get going, um, but I think that's important to have in that type of thing, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you want to keep them entertained. You got to keep them like focused and keep them involved. Like, oh yeah, I get this Marvel. I understand. That's part. It's what mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as kids listen to or, or watch or whatever. So that's that's really smart on your part. Thank you. If I wanted to get a copy of this book, where would I be able to get one? Do I have to go up to New York, or do you, are you guys on, are you on Amazon, or how do you get a copy of the book? Do you go to your website? Um, so it is currently on Lulu.com or on Amazon. Um, on Amazon, it is available as um, uh, paperback and as a Kindle. Um, so it's whichever kind of version you'd like. If you'd like a signed copy, it does cost a little bit more because I have to ship them to me and then ship them to whoever's ordering it. Um, but I can do that also. Um, and then, yeah, locally is, yeah, right now it's at Tree of Life. Um, in a couple of days it'll be in Ellicottville, and hopefully it'll spread out from there. Well, I'll do my part to help get the word out. I'll, I'll get the link, and I'll and I'll share it around the around all my groups and make sure people know about it for sure. Because as I awesome. said, it sounds Thank like you. a great book to have. You know, if you're a yeah. beginner paranormal investigator, even if you're a seasoned one, just to have something to reference, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely eclectic. It's, it's got something in there for everybody. Um, and I think that's really why I, I enjoyed making it. And I, I'm the only person that was writing it. Um, and all of the artwork in it is something that I did. So. Um, oh wow! How long did it take you to to uh, to do the book? When did you When did you say, "Hey, this is something I want to do"? Um, I actually started it like last spring, so a couple months, um, quite a few months, I guess, like maybe six or seven did months. The, and that you think was the COVID non-stop. lockdowns helped with that? Like, do you think having to stay home and, you know, did that help speed up the process? Um, well, so I'm actually fortunate enough. My husband actually works, so I don't have to. Um, and that's due to, like, medical things. I have vertigo and, and things like that. So it's, um, and that's all from, like, a, a car accident that I was in. So I'm fortunate that I get to just kind of work from home. Um, mm-hmm. I also do like remote work for like project manage low level project management stuff, uh, customer support for Nick Groff. So I'm also able to do that, which is kind of cool. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. How did you uh, to go back to the, the beginning, the beginning of your paranormal journey? How did you? get into the paranormal or is it like a part of your family? Did you watch the shows? What, what got you into, uh, do you have an experience? What started uh, your, your journey? So I've always been, like I've always had my abilities. Um, the first ability to surface for me was the ability to communicate with animals, which eventually led me into being a dog trainer and having my own uh, dog training business. Um, so I've always been very curious as to, why you know why is it different what is going on what what is the meaning behind all of it you know um i can also communicate with spirit and so there was like a lot at first i didn't know it was like there was anything different about it i just thought everybody had this you know um it wasn't until like i came in contact with the spirit that i actually recognized which was my grandmother um 
that's when I knew, oh, shoot, this is a ghost. This is a spirit, you know. And I was maybe six or seven years old, somewhere around there. Um, so I wasn't really able to completely grasp it. But, you know, children are, I think, much more understanding of these things, mm-hmm. you know. So it wasn't something I fully questioned or anything. Um and then basically throughout the years, you know, I just, um, I got focused into the dog training and a friend at that time actually said, hey, you know, this is how it's like around Halloween, like, let's go check it out. And it was the Hinsdale house. And I was like, sure, let's go check it out. That'll be fun. And um, yeah, I've just been yeah. gone back to it. And that's the, that's the thing about the house though, is it's supposed to, it's one of the things it does is it draws people back to it. Um, specific, like, individuals that it wants. Mm-hmm. You know, it needs in, in its, I guess, like, life, I guess. I don't know how else to put that. Um, so that's just kind of how it got started. Um, I liked the investigating at first because it was kind of a, a safe way to practice my abilities. You know, I going into locations that I have a little bit of a background on what's going on there, so I know what to watch out for, what to bring for protection and things like that. I know what I'm walking into, as opposed to just going in blindly and not, you know, knowing. So um, I think as, like, a beginner of, like, getting into really all of that, I think that was a huge help, you know, a, a good step in the right direction. It made it so that I can focus. Um, and hone my abilities rather than just use them at when, you know, I knew that I had them, I knew, you know, that it was happening, but I didn't know fully how to control it or what necessarily it was. So after you had your, your experience with your grandmother, did you have any other experiences besides this before you went to Hinsdale? Or was it oh, yeah. your grandmother and then after? So you, you were constantly having having other inter- interactions? Yeah, I definitely had quite a, I've had pretty much my whole life has been paranormal. Um, one of the things that did happen was, it, it's kind of weird, when spirits, when spirits start to notice that you can communicate with them, you can see them, you can hear them, you can feel them, whatever it is, they start to, like, draw into you, like they want to communicate with you because they know that you can do it. Um, and I was like 11 years old. We were in uh, Kmart, me and my older sister. And everybody's, like, family members that were deceased were trying to communicate with me. And I actually had a panic attack in the middle of the store. And that's when my mom actually kind of realized that that's what was going on. Um, she told me that I needed to try to, like, kind of suppress it for the time being. Um, and, you know, not communicate with the spirits because it's going to keep them coming. Um, so I had to kind of, like, shut it down for a little bit. And then when I did start getting back into it, it was a little bit more on my terms, but not as controlled as when I started seven years ago now um, mm-hmm. doing investigations. So a lot of people when they have these experiences they don't like to talk about it with their with their parents because they think their parents are going to think they're crazy or whatever but you're you're you seem seemed like you've had support your whole life uh with what you're going through that must have been made things a little bit easier for you 
So um, I'm my family. I'm Native American. That's my background. So mm-hmm. um, spirituality and spirits and stuff is not an uncommon thing, you know, to talk about. Um, but it's also it's it's a complicated thing. It's not uncommon. Like the belief is not uncommon, but to talk about it is a little bit tabbed because then you invite things in, you know. So you, the idea is to not do that. Um, okay. But if it does happen, then we have things that we can do, like mudging and things like that, that can help get rid of it, you know. So it's it's not something we like to do. Like um, after a loved one passes, you're not really supposed to talk about them afterwards. Um, at least not a whole lot, like some people will just every day bring the same person up um, because it keeps them here, and that's what the Native belief is. So if you talk about it or you're like – if you discuss it, then they're almost like they hear you and they come back to you because you're talking about it type of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like like my dad just recently passed, so if I were to – continuously talk about him like he was in every conversation and or, or I'm like god you know I wish you were right here well that's going to mm-hmm. keep him here um, cuz he's going to feel like he's needed he's not going to be able to go through the transitions so it's it's just a, a a belief it's also not an uncommon belief though because I there are some other cultures that believe like if you talk about demons or you talk about this or that it gives them power yeah. Um, so you're not supposed to, not really supposed to talk about them. Um, so it's it's definitely interesting that I'm now in the paranormal field because I definitely do talk to them. But um, it's, I guess it's always in the back of my mind, you know, like this is keeping that door open. So um, that's where making sure you close all of the the doors when you leave, you know, all the doors to communication mm-hmm. and I'm a firm believer that using a Ouija board is the same thing as using a spirit box. It's still a door that's opening. It's communication. So make sure you close out all sessions, you know, and give them the best, be respectful, and just stay firm with that, you know, like I'm done talking. There's no more after Yeah. And then that way, you know, it's, it's done. So why do you think with a Ouija board, like I know the generic answer, but why do you think the Ouija board has gotten such a, a bad reputation? Like almost like you're guaranteed to get a demon every time you every time you uh, you touch the thing. And the spirit box or even an EVP session doesn't seem almost seems like oh well that's that's you know that's kindergarten stuff. You know why, so, why do you think there's such a discrepancy? <clears throat> because of the media. Mm-hmm. Media has basically brainwashed everybody into thinking that it's this big horrible horror thing, kind of like sharks and Rottweilers and pit bulls and all of that. Um, yes, I guess I just said that the Ouija board is the, the pit bull of the paranormal field. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, but not neither of the two should be feared. You know, it's there's responsibility with both, you know. Um, if you kick a dog too many times, it's eventually going to bite you. Well, if you're being careless and being disrespectful towards the board, you don't know what you're bringing in. 
you know, if you're bringing that, that energy already towards a Ouija board, that's the intent you're putting out there. So the energy is going to match as it comes back. So it just, I guess it comes down to the person with it. You know, if you're going to be, you know, just reckless and aggressive and get out here and, you know, doing all that, then you're going to be matched with that energy. And that's not because of the board. That's because of you. Home. Do you think like do you think the negativity associated with the Ouija board gets in people's heads when they're doing it and they, they experience things that could be not I'm say imaginary but could be heightened because of like what their what their preconceived notions about the Ouija board are? I think um so with the, within the work of metaphysical intention <clears throat> going through so um, if you have doubts, like if I was making a cell and I had a doubt that that was going to work, that's going to taint that. Well, if you have a doubt that, you know, you're going to communicate with a good spirit, so you're doubting that, then you think, oh, this is it's definitely going to be a negative spirit. I just know it. Well, you're putting that out there. So it does taint it and does make it so that you're manifesting what you're thinking is going to happen. So if you just stay positive and you say, no, only the good spirits are going to talk to me today. Um, you know, I'm going to talk to Grandpa. That's who I'm talking to. Nobody mm-hmm. else is allowed to come through. And you really put that energy into it, you believe in that, then you're going to have, you know, much more of a success of communicating with Grandpa. Still always look for intelligent responses. And if you are going for a specific spirit, make sure you ask them questions that only that person would know. Um, that's so important because spirits will try to trick you, and it's not necessarily an a evil or negative thing. It's just they want to communicate. So they're going to say, yeah, heck yeah, I'm Grandpa, you know, and it could be some yeah, lady named yeah. Susie. Like, it's not it's not evil. She just wants to talk. So, Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, hope, I, hope that, I hope that answered what you were asking. It does. And like people say, you, you don't really know who is on the other line. You know, it, it's uh, especially when you're talking through a Ouija board because it's just spelling. At least on the EVP, you can hear the voice. But even the voice, most of the time it sounds like a whisper anyway, so you don't know if it's if it's who you want to talk to or, or somebody else entirely. Um, mm-hmm. When you go on an investigation, how important is it, in your in your opinion, the kind of mood you're in for as investigating? Cause I know it's, it's hard to investigate, always in a good mood, but do you think when you do bring uh, like baggers and negativity into into a location, uh, if that if that increases or if it decreases the um, the activity? Or, or does, it, does it depend on where you are? Um, I think it definitely, I mean, if you're sitting there and you're being really grouchy, probably nobody's going to want to talk to you. But if they do talk yeah. to you, they're probably going to, again, match that energy. So it's probably going to come down to that. Um, I can see somebody who's, you know, out of foul mood just being absolutely picked on the entire night because they are got that energy. Um, some people do believe that spirits also, like, feed off of the energies and stuff. So, 
if you've got fear or anything like that, you're putting that energy into whatever spirit is that you're communicating. So, um, at the Hinsdale House, I've not, I don't think I've ever been, I don't think I've ever really been crouchy or anything on an investigation. Um, I know that when I'm at the Hinsdale House and somebody, like, is trying to be, like, aggressive or um, intimidating or anything like that, I know the house, um, like, it's very protective of me. So it almost, like, wants to push them back, you know, like, get rid of them as quickly as possible. Um, And plus, I've also had to, like, communicate with, you know, the spirits of the house there that, no, that's not what I want. I can handle it myself. Like, you don't have to step in. Um, so I know that that does happen. So when you first went to the Hinsdale House, uh, what kind of your first your first investigation out there? What kind of stuff did you experience? Nothing. Not a single thing. And I think what it wanted was me to feel comfortable there, because it wanted me to come back. Um, so I didn't feel anything at all, like nothing scary or anything. And, you know, when I really started going there, I, I did feel it. I did feel this, like, nervousness um, type of thing. And then as I got used to being there and really started connecting to the house. Now, I do um, I do the gardens there. I, I've done um, events and stuff that promote the house. I've done... Um, like the tours and, and everything there. So I'm really like in the soil there. Um, and the house actually now calls like if I say house, what do you call me? They'll, it'll say mama. Um, and I think it's because I am very protective of the house. You know, I don't want to see it damaged or, you know, people being drunk and doing mm-hmm. things there like I'm very protective of it. I know the amount of work that's gone into it, and I've brought so much positive energy into the location with my medicine work that I I don't want to see it get messed up, you know. So I will get, like, annoyed if, like, I see, like, a witch has done something there that they didn't have permission to do, but they did it anyways. I will get annoyed, and then I'll I'll have to clean it up. Um, But... You know, I don't think the house really acts too much to my annoyance. I think it it definitely will tattle on whatever's happened. Like, I'll get this, like, sinking feeling in my gut before I even get to the house that something has happened. I'm going to be annoyed about something, you know. Um, so I, I don't know if that answers your question. I, I think I kind of went off a little bit there. No, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I, I know what you mean about there there being places that uh, that make you feel welcome. There are a lot of there are a few places around here where I, where you know, I, I go and I feel like I want to keep going back. And it's cool that you had that mm-hmm. feeling on your first investigation out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. The um. I do ask. I'm saying, has there ever been a time where you felt? nervous or scared out there? 
Um, that's where the nervousness was, yeah. I in the very like first couple of ones, you know, and I think it was just because I was there with like other people too, so I was maybe empathically picking up what they were feeling too. Um and mm-hmm. it just I could really feel it. Um it was like the first couple ones too and I'm like I'm a homebody, so I like to be home most of the time. So being out in the public and stuff, like I, I do get kind of like stressy, nervous, you know. Um, I power through it, but I, I do get that way. Uh, so yeah, I, I find myself when I go, with that. Yeah, when you because you're dealing with a lot of different energies and stuff, and I find mm. myself when I'm uh, when I'm doing a public investigation out of the cabin. I have a bunch of people there. It's it's kind of hard to deal with all these different energies in the same location. Is that something you you mm-hmm. uh, go through when you when you have when you're at the Hinsdale House for these investigations? Yeah, people definitely like they they bring their own stuff. I mean, everybody not just okay. So it's not just these like commercial like is what I call them commercial haunted locations like the Hinsdale House and the cabin you were talking to me about. If you if you have mm-hmm. people come out like the Insta House does, um, or like Wildwoods or, you know, any of the asylums. Um, these aren't the only locations that are haunted. The spirits are everywhere. They're, they, we have our own spirits. So when you go into one of these locations, you're also bringing those spirits with you. And so if there's 10 people there all bringing, you know, let's say three to four, maybe five spirits with them, you know, because it's going to be your spirit guides. It's going to be uh, family members that have passed on. You know, it's maybe it could even just be like a guy that passed away and saw you and said, "Hey, he looks cool. I'm going to follow him." You're going to collect yeah. these spirits over time, and you're going to be bringing them with you. So it is a lot of energy, um, and then also the energy that we put off. So like, if we're going in there with you know a bad attitude, you know that's going to kind of put off that vibe, you know, uh, that, I don't know, I, I don't know how to explain that. I think everybody kind of understands that, though, like, when you're angry, you put off a vibe that says, hey, leave me alone, and I think mm-hmm. that kind of thing does kind of affect spirits, because if they are all good spirits, they're not looking to be aggressive or anything like that, then they're going to leave you alone, <laughs> So kind of like when I'm doing my um, readings for people, if there's hesitation or they don't really want it, they're just kind of there just to be a skeptic, you know, like they've um, got to prove that I'm not real. Um, the reading will reflect that. I'll know that they're not ready for the reading because maybe they wanted it, but then, you know, they're not really ready to hear back from Grandma because maybe they think that they've let her down in some way, you know. So that all does taint spirit communication. Mm-hmm. When you're going, going to a house or going like to an investigation, and you have, and you leave a place, how long do you think your energy stays at at a location? And if you keep going. To a place over and over and over again, does your 
energy stay longer and longer the more you go to a location? Um, that one's actually kind of a thinker. It's probably, I think it's going to depend on the individual. Um, you know, the the rule of three kind of comes to mind. So energy is probably going to stick around for, you know, the next couple of days, you know, probably as long as you're thinking about it, really, um, because that's what's going to hold it there. Um, as a rule of thumb, though, you want to try to keep your energy with you. So, you know, mm-hmm. smudging yourself before you leave, um, like not in the location, but outside the location, smudging yourself and, you know, taking all of yourself with you would be the ideal thing. Um, and I don't, I guess I never really realized that people don't really do that. Um, <laughs> it's something that's so natural no. for me and in my family, you know, so it's, it's, it's something that you should maybe consider doing in your practice is just making sure you're taking all of yourself with you and then that way you're leaving the location the way it is, you know, and you're also not leaving mm-hmm. a connection, you know, because if you're, it's not like it's not going to be a part of you anymore. So there's going to be a connection yeah. to you yeah. in that location. So. Yeah. Well, I, and then I if know, that I is the case, like... go ahead. So I feel like when I go places like the cabin where I spend a lot of time, it becomes a part of my life or like the Hinsdale house becomes a part of your life and it's just, it almost becomes a part of your existence. And uh, so it becomes – you take – like you said, you take, a, you take it home with you even when you don't mean to. Uh, and if there is something dark in the air, in the location that might – come home with you as well. Have you had anything come home with you or have you had felt weird after an investigation at home and had to tell the spirit, Hey, you're not supposed to be here. Okay. So I, there, there's been a couple of things with that. Um, okay. So let me start this off with, I do astral work. Um, so like astral and dream work. And there's been a couple of times where I've woken up from a dream of being at the house. And still, like, I knew I was awake seeing with my own eyes what the house looked like. I was I was at my oh. house, but I was seeing the Hinsco house. Um, and that's, like, a real freaky thing. Um, I've not had that happen too often, but it has happened a couple of times. Um, and it's usually around times of, like, major change at the house. Um, so I have had that. And then I have um, 18th century uh, composite dolls, and they're they're active. And I was talking to them using a spirit box, and they said he's coming. And I said who's coming? And they said uh, they said Bill. And I said who's Bill? I got a little eagle. And then they said uh, Wilhelm. Well. Wilhelm is the nickname to one of the spirits at the house. Um, I did, we did do some digging in there for like the area. There is a wheel lock, which is pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's the same guy or not, but that is some, a connection that I was able to make. Um, and yeah, so he, he does come to the house a couple of times. Um, I have felt like a, 
like a male's presence in my room, like kind of just being protective. Um, nothing. He does get a bad rep. People do think he's super negative, and a lot of people won't even see the, say the name Wilhelm. Um, but I've worked with him. He's a country boy. Um, he's working, you know. So and he's the man of the house. So you don't push him. He'll push you back. He don't care if you're a guy or a girl. Um, and he's kind of that like big brother energy. Like if you're drinking a drink, and he's mm-hmm. comes into the room, he'll he'll bump your arm to make it so you spill. Like he's just kind of sarcastic brother type, you know. Like yeah, I don't know. I don't have an issue with him. Um, I don't think he's evil. There is an entity that's there that isn't a demon, but I don't really know what I would classify it as more like an elemental, but I don't know. It doesn't feel earthly enough for that. Um, But that's the thing that's a little bit more on the dark side, which I kind of like a, like a pact with, like it leaves me alone. I leave it alone. Um, It knows from my medicine work at the house that I have what it takes to push him if I need to. Um, but the man of the house, uh, he can be a real jerk, um, and he can be vulgar, but he is not evil. <laughs> just not. He's just, he's just a country boy. Just one of those, just one of those curmudgeon type deals. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it's very important for me, you know, to get people to understand that just because you have an an act of haunting, like he is an act of haunting, um, doesn't mean that there's a demon or something evil there. It just means it's an active ghost. It just means he's still doing things. It it doesn't mean he's out to really get you or anything. But it does mean, like, he he will throw you up against the wall or push you or whatever if you start doing the arrogant, you know, come out here and, you know, I'm going to fight a ghost type of attitude. Well, then he's like, yeah, sure, let's throw hands. So, but I, I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. Yeah. If, so, if someone comes into your house and starts taunting you, come out mm-hmm. and talk to me in real life mm-hmm. or like, you know, either you or your husband are going to come up there and, you know, be like, all right. So the same thing would happen in the like, spiritual world too. You're in their house. Mhm. Yeah, and he's. I mean, he has called me like swears, but like as like a not like an aggressive thing, you know, but kind of like like he didn't want to communicate with people, and so I made him an offer that he couldn't refuse, which was whiskey, and so I got called to be weird. Because then, like, it was like a, now I got to, you know. So, I don't know. I I thought it was funny. Um, He will will call himself, like, the devil or Satan and things like that just to be funny. Because he thinks it's, you know, everybody gets scared and he thinks it's funny. So, he's not. He's just a human spirit. So, he likes to fuck with people. Mm Mm-hmm. So it will to me. It's, it's more of that like I'll be your Huckleberry type of energy, you know. Like he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he's funny. I don't know. You want to fuck with me? I'll fuck with you right back. Type of deal. Mhm. So 
Well, that sounds like a uh, interesting place. What? How many spirits do you, do you think are at the Hinsdale House? Um, so it's constantly changing. Um, we do have um, like a um, not a portal. I forget what they're called. Um, we do have these openings that are in the house that spirits can come in and go out. Um, and it's at random. And then also the spirits that people bring there um, sometimes tend to stay a little bit longer. I don't know why. I Well, I suspect that spirit comes in because the house is kind of like a magnet and like an energy pump because it's on two-way lines. There's a water source. There's lime in the soil. Um, and then also, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but um, drywall actually has like... Um, I think it's selenite, and it's what it's, like, made out of, um, the compound that's in selenite. So it's, like, geared for pumping out energy, and so that also kind of brings in spirits because they want that, you know. Um, and then also mm-hmm. having the, um, I'll just call them portals for now because I forgot what, what it is. Um, having the portals there, it also... Just suck them right in. They like stay for a couple of days or for however long they want, and they're back out. So I mean, it's always changing. Uh, but besides the man in the house and that entity, we have a pudgy up on the hill. There has been perceived by um, the late Chris Sutton, a like elemental type creature in the pond, um, who's I guess territorial. Um, there's Native American spirits on the property. They are not Seneca though. They're uh, they are the Olegui people, and that's why the Pakwaji is up there. And then we've got a little girl in the living room who's very active. There's a dog spirit, a cat spirit, and we have our own lady in white that's also on the property. Um, and those are the ones that are the most most active. But there's we've had just a variation of spirits come in and go. Yeah, we have the same kind of situation at the cabin where we have a bunch of core spirits that are there, that are there but then we have people where we know they're just kind of passing through, and uh, we don't really hear from them again. Uh, we do have mm-hmm. a, an elemental spirit or something in the basement that, that affects people. I'm not sure. We're not really exactly sure what it is, but it sounds like there's a lot of similarities between the, the two properties. Um I want to spend the next like I only have like ten minutes left. I want to spend the next few minutes talking about your uh, your podcast. What uh, how did you, how that get started? Um, well, I've had a lot of people asking me questions um, regarding different topics in the paranormal field and and the metaphysical, and I I kept seeing a lot of misinformation on Facebook, really, you know, and you know different things like even regarding like the Ouija board and stuff, where it's just Nobody's doing their own research, you know, nobody, not any actual research. You know, they might find one or two articles that's biased, and there you go, there's their facts. So that's not how research works. <laughs> so I got kind of tired of seeing all these negative stigmas around some of these beautiful things that we have going on, you know, in the metaphysical and paranormal field. So I said, well, 
let's make something up there. It answers everybody's questions, and, you know, I don't have to keep, you know, going through it every time somebody asks. I can, I have something I can reference them, you know. So the idea for Calls and Talk is to, to have, um, or at least it was, it's currently changing, but um, to have a panel of guests that know something about the topic that I'm talking about, and then we go from there, you know. But um, I've covered a lot of different things, including, like, some of the more taboo ones would be like um, the voodoo one uh, because voodoo has such a, a negative signal about it and it, there's, it just really shouldn't. Um, it, again, comes down to the practitioner, you know, and what they're going to do with it. Everybody has free will. Um, and then um, the one about Satanism, and, like, I didn't know too much about it. I knew that I wasn't going to distrust what everybody has to say about it. I wanted to educate myself, you know, who better to do this with than somebody who actually practices it and knows it and, you know, can actually verify things. And what I learned is a lot of their stuff is just common sense. Um, like, if you trespass, like, don't trespass against somebody, but don't let others trespass against you either, you know. So it's yeah. common sense stuff. I'm not, it's not 100% for me, like as a belief system, because I'm well rooted in my own. But mm-hmm. learning about that and knowing that it's not this mean, hateful group, you know, that people think it is, was, I think, a wonderful thing. I feel much more enlightened now. Like, there's things that are that were so dark and evil and negative that are now just light, you know, and I think that's a good thing. I think the more people that do that, the better the the world would be. So yeah, we we use the these the platforms, the podcasts, and and you know as a way to educate people and educate yourself, get different points of views, and learn about mm-hmm. different like you different religions, different ways of doing things, and that's mm-hmm. a great great way to look at it. Uh, and now what I'm doing, now that I've answered a lot of the, like, bigger topics and stuff, now I'm getting down mm-hmm. to, like, personal one-on-one things, kind of like what we're doing now on your show. Um, I'm still going to have, like, a mini topic that I'll talk to each person about, um, but it's not going to be the main focus of it. So now that we've got some of the bigger questions out there, now I'm going to focus on the people that are in there. Well, like like we're having a paranormal conversation, just shooting the shit for an hour or two, as long as, however long it takes. Yep. Oh. That is awesome. Thank you. Well, we've got about five minutes left, and uh, since Angie's not here, I'm, I'm going to ask her a question that she likes to ask at the end of each show. Uh, which, if you had a bucket list, carnival bucket list, besides the Hinsdale House, because you, you know, you've already been there, obviously, what what locations would you like to investigate? Have you been at any other places besides the Hinsdale House, or is that the only place you've investigated? Hmm. I guess I, I definitely want to go to Skinwalker Ranch. Um, and it's not even really about the the entities there; it's more about the energy. I just want to feel that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Goat Goatman Bridge, I think that's what it's called. I want to go there 
and then um, Vladimir's Castle. You say Blackbeard's Castle? Vladimir. Black, so, um, oh, Dracula. Vlad the Impaler? Dracula, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. I was like, I didn't know Blackbeard had a castle. That's new. All right. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Hey, if he's got one, I'll go too. Hey, I'll bring you know some what? I'll get a Blackbeard's Castle with you guys. We'll, we'll, we'll figure mm-hmm. out where it is and we'll, we'll investigate Blackbeard's Castle. Um, right. <laughs> so, how will, how, do people get in touch with you? How do uh, people keep up with uh, what's going on in the life of Casey? Um, so everybody's welcome to add me on Facebook if they'd like to. It's just Kate Colburn. Um, and then also my website, which is caseycolburn.com. Um, that's always a good place to kind of see where I'm, I'm, what I'm doing. Um, I do have a Facebook also, a Twitter and Instagram for um Cauldron Talk, which is, I think, just Talk Casey is what I was, like, what I was given. Um, and, yeah, I think that that pretty much covers it. I do also have a TikTok, but um, I wouldn't even follow me, so. <laughs> so no, no dances on there? You're anything not dancing of, around no. doing TikTok dances? No, I don't, I'm not doing any of that. I, I post a lot of beadwork on there, but that's about it. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are beadwork fanatics out there who love to watch you uh, do yeah. that. So, yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us tonight. Um, I would definitely look forward to having you back on the show. There's a lot of stuff I'd like to talk about we didn't we'd actually get to. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to have you back on sometime. All right. That sounds good. Thank you. Perfect. And uh, I'll be sure to share the link out. Uh, and help help spread the word for your book. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a very, very exciting thing. And I've got big things coming up, too. So Definitely. Congratulations. You'd be very proud of yourself writing that book. That is awesome. A lot of people, not a lot of people could do that. So that's really cool. Thank you. That means a lot to me. No problem. You have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. You too. Bye. Good night. Well, thank you, Casey, for coming on the show. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, next week we have Cole Pepper Paranormal Investigations coming on the show. We are super excited to talk about talk to them, and we'll be back on the air. Same freaking awesome time, same freaking awesome channel. Bye, guys. <laughs>